Every one of us, we all get to play a role in these ever-changing times. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Are you looking forward? That's the title of our next message in Joshua chapter 1. Let's begin. Have you ever just wanted to, well, look forward, change your course, find a new way, get a fresh start? I mean, after 2020, I would say that we're all looking forward to something different. Maybe you feel like you've fallen into somewhat of a rut. It's hard to think of anybody not radically affected by all that's transpired this past year. All of our normal routines, well, they've completely changed. I went to Costco on Saturday, and the line to get in Went the whole distance of the building and down the parking lot all the way almost to Washington. I thought, I'll come back another day. (laughs) It's like I'm not going to wait in that line just to get in the store. We haven't been able to do our normal getaways that we normally do. Vacations have been, well, abandoned. It's even easy tasks have been made difficult. And it's put everybody a little bit on edge. We've had civil unrest taken to another level this past year. Violence has spiked in most of our major cities. I was reading an article yesterday that said 36 of the largest U.S. cities have had double-digit increases in homicides in 2020. Chicago, of course, leads them all with a 55% increase in homicides from the year previous, coming from over 3,200 shootings. It's just just in the city of Chicago. That's like not the whole state of Illinois, of course. This is crazy. But one thing for sure, we are living in the last days. Times are getting more and more difficult, which means it's time for the church to embrace what our true role is. What is that? We are to be beacons of hope to those that are around us. And we all, every every one of us, we all get to play a role in these ever-changing times. When we don't know what tomorrow holds, we know the one who holds our tomorrows. Understand, God has a destiny for each and every one of us, and we need to grasp that destiny. We, as the true believers in Christ, we are the people of God. Nobody else is the people of God, only those who have embraced Christ as their Messiah, Savior. And we can be a healthy part of the much-needed healing that this country so desperately needs. My desire is that we can embrace a fresh hope for our future. Everybody needs to be able to have some kind of hope. You know, hope is having an expectation. It's having a desire for certain things to happen, for life to be not so hard, for living to be maybe just a little bit easier. I think we as Americans, we have an expectation in life that we can reach a place of euphoria or a a constant happiness. I think we're kind of born with that here in America, but we can never forget that it's never going to be heaven on earth. It's only going to be heaven in heaven. 
and on earth, we will be constantly challenged. We're going to be challenged with hardship. We'll be challenged with disappointment. It's not about making another New Year's resolution. For many make those every single year, and they lose track of them before we get out of the month of January. Now ask yourself how many times you said, well, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you start off in January, the first week, and then it fizzles out by second or third week. You don't even get out of, out of the month of January, and you kind of lose those nice reading habits that maybe you started with. But maybe the best New Year's resolution ever is just simply to be at our Father's business. That's what we need to do to be at our father's business while we're here on this side of heaven, living in this culture that God has allowed us to be part of. Let's not forget, every one of us are unique individuals. You could have been born 100 years ago. You could have been born, you know, in another country. You could have been born in the Sudan. You could have been born, you know, riding a camel. Who knows? But yet God has allowed each and every one of us to be born in this season, in this time, and living in the culture that we live in today. Imagine being part of God's eternal plan this side of heaven so that when we get to heaven we can know that we were part of God's bigger picture that we were part of God's eternal plan that we were you know willing servants willingly touching the lives of those around us I wonder if you have put any thought into how God could actually use you individually here in 2021 because i find that many people have found a new normal now and that's distancing themselves from others that's the new normal we distance ourselves from other people people are not nearly as social or friendly as people have been in times past many are now very comfortable with talk you know with not talking to other people you just get in and you do your thing You know, we just stay in our own lane. You know, many people are working from home now, so they don't have that interaction with people in businesses any longer. And they find themselves getting lazy. Had an issue with Verizon, and I had to call Verizon yesterday. And so, don't you hate when you get like, you're talking to a computer. So you're like, hello, you know, and then, okay, and you have to listen to everything they say because... It's just a computer, and they're telling you, well, you know, right now your expected wait time is between 17 and 20 minutes. You're like, oh, just shoot me already, okay? And there's nothing you can do. You can't complain. It's a computer, okay? So you're listening to this thing, but we can call you back if you want. Leave your number, and we'll call you back. I'm like, okay, great, okay, do that. So boom, I give the number, and so so all of a sudden, yeah, 20 minutes later, I get a phone call. Hi, how can we help you? I'm like, yeah, well, listen, here's the problem. Click, they hang up on me. What? No! Ah! So I call back, and you have to listen to the whole computer thing again. And then it's like, you know, I already did that. I already waited your 17 minutes, okay? And so I had to do it again. So I finally get someone the second time. So now getting a little hot under the collar okay you're trying to be nice but it's like hey listen you know this is really ridiculous you why didn't you call me back you you're Verizon you have my number and it's like by by the time I get that out click they hang up on me I'm like no it's like so then again I go back for the third time. Oh, that poor girl the third time. Oh, she got an earful. I'm like, I can't stand your system. You know, all of this. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I had to get all that out. She's like, it's okay. I understand you're upset. 
yeah, just a little. <laughs> it's like, you know, so anyway, so we start talking. I go, hey, so what state are you in? And she goes, I'm in New York. I'm like, oh, well, what's the weather like? She goes, oh, it's really cold. It's like 45 degrees. I go, hey, first week of January and you're 45 degrees? That's actually warm weather for she, for you. She goes, yeah, that's true. I hate the cold. I go, you're in the wrong place to hate the cold. I go, it's really cold here in Southern California, too. It's like 62 right now. She goes, I hate you. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I understand that. So anyway, so we kind of got this little buddy thing going, you know, so she's helping me out. She's just really a friendly person. So, you know, I'm all cooled down now about my three times of being on hold forever and wasting half of my life. But anyway, it's okay. We won't get into that. But anyway, so so I said to her, I go, you know, so, you know, let me ask you, you know, I go, you know, how do you feel about working? Because she told me she worked from home. I go, okay, now you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to, but I'm just wondering. Okay, so it's in the afternoon, right? It's a, you're three hours ahead, so it's, it's like five o'clock. I said, let me ask you a question. Again, you don't have to answer this. I go, are you still in your pajamas? <laughs> she said, yes. <laughs> and she says, you know, I hate this. You know, you, at first it was all fun and everything, but I just feel like I'm so lazy now. And it's like, I used to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go to the gym, work out. Then I come home, take a shower, get ready for work, you know, then boom, out the door. You know, she goes, now I just roll up. <laughs> it's like, and I think that is, you know, indicative of a lot of people. I think, you know, people can, you can have an easier path, an easier pace, but then it makes you a little more lazy. And it's like, and that's exactly what it breeds. The church cannot afford to be lazy. We can't afford that. You know, it just should not be an option for Christians. We need to be busy. We need to be busy at our father's business. We have a high calling from God and that's getting our eyes off of us and putting them on to the bigger picture. Things could possibly get worse as we see Jesus returning for his church. In fact, not possibly, they will get worse. But let's not forget, as the world becomes a harder place, as people's hope fades even greater, we can be bearers of the great light. Why? Because our great redemption draws near. The worse it gets outside is the closer Jesus comes back to redeeming us and we get to all go to heaven. And we'll stand in the presence of God sooner than most of us could ever imagine. Well, today, we're going to look at a man who wanted to look forward, but he was facing what appeared to be insurmountable challenges. His future seemed stacked against him, and he had no history in his past to build upon. He was born, you could say, on the wrong side of the tracks. He was born as a slave in Egypt. All this man knew his entire life was bondage and hardship. He was a demoralized as a man. Yet that didn't stop God's plan from knocking on the door of his heart. Yes, any time we're surrounded with difficulty, any time we're surrounded with disappointment, God is only a prayer away from working in the midst of our misery. That is, if we will simply call upon his name. 
In our text today, we will pick up with God's people drifting away from him. It was crazy because God delivered his people from being slaves in Egypt for multiple decades. In fact, everyone that he delivered was born a slave, and they were a slave. For God's people had finally reached, though, their breaking point, and their cries were heard by the Lord himself. I wonder... If there's any of us that feel like slaves, you feel like a slave to some aspect of life. Didn't we feel a little bit at slaves to COVID and all the restrictions that that COVID brought to us? Maybe there's others of you that have an unchecked area of sin that you've kind of been enslaved to. I wonder how long we will allow that area to reign over our lives to disrupt what God desires to do in our lives. Know this, God doesn't want us to carry any excess baggage into another new year. I think it would be healthy for all of us to leave maybe some of the attitudes that we had, just leave them back alone and leave them there to stay. Maybe we have some bad habits. Maybe there's some unforgiveness that we haven't dealt out in 2020 that we need to just get rid of. And anything else that could sway us from God's best as we look forward. Again, today, we're going to look at the understudy of Moses. His name, of course, is Joshua. His name means Jehovah saves or the Lord is salvation. It's the Hebrew version of the New Testament name, Jesus. Joshua was born to look forward. The first time he's mentioned is after God used Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt as he crushed the back of Pharaoh, that world-governing empire, led the people out, split the Red Sea as God's people walked across to safety on the other side, and the sea came crashing down on Pharaoh and his army, killing their horrible past. So now, The first time that Joshua's mentioned is in Exodus chapter 17, verse 9. It says, so Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us and go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow, I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. That, of course, was the the rod of of Moses, which represented the power of God. And so Moses is going to go up on a hill and pray. Verse 10 says, and Joshua did... As Moses told him, so Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, notice the Bible says there in Exodus that Joshua did as Moses told him. And what was the uh, result of his obedience to what he was told to do? God used Joshua to overwhelm his enemies. Yet little did Joshua know at that time, as God used him through his simple obedience, that Moses, who had his arms lifted up towards heaven on that hill, was going to die one day, and he was never going to enter into the promised land that God had promised to his people. And that mantle of leadership would pass from Moses to himself, to Joshua. Never did he think that was going to happen at that moment. And with that as a backdrop, we will consider three observations of the life of Joshua. Number one, his call. 
Joshua had a call in his life, like each and every one of us have a call in our life for our generation. Joshua's call was for his generation of people. Our call is for our generation of people. Number two, his struggle. Joshua had struggles as the leader of God's people. We will have struggles also. And number three, his bond. His bond. He bonded himself to the Lord, and that's what we must do also. Well, let's look at our first point, his call, as we read together, starting here in Joshua chapter 1. We'll pick up, of course, in verse 1. And it says, Now it came about... After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, the servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, and you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it. To you, just as I spoke to Moses, jump down to verse five. It says, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Jump down to verse nine. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow. What an encouraging portion of scripture. In fact, you could take the beginning of this chapter one of Joshua as one of the most encouraging chapters of the whole Bible. It's certainly in the top 10, I would think. Yes, for the believer, before we can enter a battle, before we could ever hope for some kind of victory, there must be a calling from God. To be called by God comes from the Greek word, Kletos, which means to be invited or appointed. It was used by the Apostle Paul specifically for the church here, you and me living in these days. Second Timothy 1.9 says, where he said, he saved us, God saved us, and called us with a holy calling. That word called comes from that word kletos, which means to be invited or appointed. And what was that holy calling? What was that holy invitation? He goes on to say in 1 Peter 1.15, he says, but like the holy one who called you, there's that word kletos again, you be holy yourselves also in all of your behavior. So this should be one of the number one things that we focus on is becoming who God has called us to be by simply obeying his word, diving into his word, and becoming the men and women of his word. Yes, people can know the living God. How crazy is that? But how are people going to know the living God? By seeing it through the behavior of his people. God has chosen and called us by appointment in this day and age to be instruments for his glory. It's his calling. It's our destiny. 
see, I was all upset on my phone call with Verizon. You know, because I'm like, I call in. Then I call in again. I get hung up on. But, you know, as I got done with that phone call with that girl, I realized, because I spent like 15 minutes just encouraging her in the Word of God. I was sharing Scripture with her and telling her how she needs to get motivated in serving God. I was sharing with her Acts 20, 24, you know, where it says, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself in order that I may finish my course in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel, the grace of God. And I realized after I got off the phone with her that the reason I got hung up with the first one, the reason I got hung up the second time, which was driving me crazy, it was God's purpose and plan because he wanted me to talk to her. That was the appointed time. So... It was the Lord that called all that misery in my life. Because if I wouldn't have called in multiple times and kept going back, I would have never got her. And here she is in her pajamas still. At 5 o'clock in the afternoon, New York time. And she gets a phone call from me to like, stop being lazy, girl. Let's get up and let's get back into action. See? And it's just like, wow. You know, so God has a way that puts us in a place so that people can see him. Again, it's our calling. It's our destiny. And in the same way, God called Joshua in verse 2. He said, Moses is dead. Now, I want you to rise up and lead all my people into the promised land. Wow, could you imagine what Joshua must have been thinking? His sense of inadequacy? I mean, what would you be thinking at that moment? Just the thought of taking over after Moses? Are you serious? It's like, talk about some humongous shoes to fill. I wonder if Joshua had an overwhelming sense of, uh, excuse me, God, okay? You have totally, absolutely picked the wrong man for this job. I remember being asked to MC at the second to the last Billy Graham crusade that was held here in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. It was on a Saturday night. I was the MC. There was a whole concert first going into the last time Billy Graham is going to speak. He started his ministry here in Los Angeles in 1949 at the Canvas Cathedral right down here off the 10 freeway on the south side. And it's like now here we are in Pasadena, 102,000 people there on that Saturday night. I was on this stage just a couple seats down from where Billy Graham would sit and he would walk up and preach. There was three rows of seats on the stage. I'm in in the front row, right, just four seats down from Billy Graham himself. Crazy, unbelievable. In that time, I looked back behind me, and in the rows behind me was Rick Warren of the humongous church here in Orange County and the band Third Day in college. They were all behind me. I'm in the front row. I'm thinking, like, this is the wrong person. They're like, I can't believe I'm sitting here. It was crazy. But was it any crazier than me standing On a 35-story building down here in downtown Los Angeles 10 years ago on the helicopter pad, I remember standing on a helicopter pad, walking around, looking at the city of L.A. It's one thing when you're driving around here. It's a pretty overwhelming city. But when you're standing on the helicopter pad and it's a clear day and you're just looking at this sea of nothing but metropolis, and we had just rented the little bank building over here on Overland in Washington, which no longer exists, 
Imagine, they tore it down and built new apartments, okay? Anyway, as if we need more apartments there. But anyway, it's like, I just remember thinking, God, how is anyone going to know we even exist? How is this going to work? I had so many questions and hardly no answers. The only answer I had was I knew that God had called me here. So I moved on because it's like I had this overwhelming sense of like, well, take one step at a time. It's kind of like, how do you eat a complete cow? I mean, like you're looking at a giant cow. How do you eat a cow? One in and out burger at a time, okay? And preferably a three by three at that. You know, it's like, that's it. It's just one bite at a time. And so here we are, 10 years later, we have our own building next to the 10 freeway on the busiest north and south street of all of LA. It's like, if God would have shared that with me, I would have said, that's insane. But God had a plan. And you know, when God gives us his plan, it's not a detailed blueprint. Oh, I see. Like, you, you keep turning pages of the blueprint. Okay, then we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, then we're going to do that. The point is, are you going to be faithful one step at a time? Because he won't tell you the next step until you've been faithful to the first step. That's all the time we have for today's message. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you.